0: And we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lovers Not Fighters, the podcast. I am one half of the dynamic duo. I am your co-host, Javi, and today I am flying solo without my beautiful girlfriend, Natalie. I'm going to be bringing you an interview that I did about a week ago with my good friend, Adrian Ruiz. I've known Adrian since middle school, so over a decade now. And Adrian is a lifelong combat sports fan, lifelong MMA fan. He's been watching the sport and the UFC much longer than I have. So it's always interesting to discuss the latest and greatest that's going on in this amazing sport with him. Today in specific, I am bringing you a interview slash discussion that I did with Adrian on fighter pay, specifically as it pertains to the UFC, the promotion, Dana White, I think it's a pretty interesting and insightful discussion that we had. And then we cap it off with a little rapid fire at the end where you get to get a little insight into Adrian, his opinions on what's going on in the UFC right now, his favorite fighters, favorite fights. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hope you enjoy. Okay, here with our first ever guest on the podcast, Adrian Ruiz. As I said in the intro, Adrian and I went to middle and high school together, but Adrian is very interesting because he's one of the few people that I know in our age range, late 20s, that's been watching UFC for more than three years. So Adrian, my first question to you is, how did you get your start watching MMA? Who got you into it? What fighter got you into it? What was the impetus for it?
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you so much for for having me, Javi. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we've been friends for a long time, and something that we've always talked about has been, you know, MMA and 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 things like that. So it's good to to be here and talk to you with it because we we probably text almost at least a few times like during throughout the week, especially with big fight cards that we have coming up. So well, hold on, uh, let
0: me let me let me interrupt before because it's funny. Outside of my girlfriend, you're the most consistent person I text. <laughs> because it's like
1: because there's fights every saturday so it's usually like hey who do you got or hey did you watch somebody's
0: ear explode or like a nasty cut get wide open or like a bad decision so it's like a very consistent thing of like holy shit did you see that or are you gonna see that
1: yeah. It, it, it's funny. My, my wife, uh, she, she knows like just during like a big fight card week, she's like, Oh, who are you texting? Cause I don't text anybody either. Like, who am <laughs> I talking to during yeah. the day other than my wife? She's like, Oh, is, is that a hobby? <laughs> I was yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about the fight. We're talking about w- what just happened. Uh, so it's been pretty great. But, but for me, I think um, I've always been a combat, you know, sport or like physical sports person. Right. You know, I played football for years. I played rugby. Like I love, physical contact and just the elements of other human beings doing physical things to each other. Um, and my dad probably, I would imagine this is probably true for like a lot of people our age, right. Who, I mean, for me personally, my dad had like UFC one greatest knockouts, like the, you know, blockbuster, uh, dvd things and then we would just watch those like over and over and over again so a lot of those early fighters w- while i wasn't like old enough to watch it i watched it you know years years later with my dad watching these fights uh consistently so you know like i i don't know have, is this is like wrestling yet do we have eras like in the ufc yet of like the, like, oh, the I
0: think the golden name
1: like the golden era you know but like when it's like real big when you're watching like chuck liddell and before the coke and, and all those things like that's like when i'm first watching it, watching it, watching it, and and like growing up and watching people like Anderson Silva be like that mythical beast that I imagine people who haven't watched MMA in the last, you know, five years and think, oh, that's just like some old Brazilian guy with a bunch of kids. But when I was watching him, it was like this just otherworldly thing. Um, So it just, and it's just been consistent since then. I mean, it's a great evolving sport, unlike you know, football or basketball, like where the teams can completely change, you know, and you can't really, you know, follow just one player because he might go to some other team you don't like and blah, blah, blah. But fighting is consistently where you can see something, you know, you like that fighter, they're going to be around for for a while. But it's such um, a growing sport that there's new people you like, you know, every other week when you're watching, uh, you know, the Embedded or um, after you've seen them fight so many times. So, While a lot of like my early day, you know, day one fighters are really not even fighting anymore. Having these new things has been really, really great. So it's not something that I think I'll ever get tired of. I'm going to be like that old deal, like in the back during watching like the Floyd Mayweather, you know, Pacquiao kind of fights because I'm just going to be into it for that long.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I mean, it's, I mean, I love sports in general. There's probably not one major sport that I don't watch, but the UFC is, or not even the UFC, MMA has become that number one, but you you made a good point of, it's not at a point where it's peaked yet. Every sport evolves over time, and obviously that's what's happening with the UFC, with the UFC with MMA, but it's not at a point where it's like, it's peaked in terms of like, it's quality, and now it's become this thing where it's like, well, back in my day, I liked how they played basketball in the 90s. I don't I don't understand how anybody can argue who watched like UFC four is like it was way better back then yeah Yeah, it was
1: better when people were getting brain damage and we (laughs) even fight four times in a night that's so much better than what we have now yeah Yeah, there's no way
0: yeah so it's it's gone to such a great point but it's interesting to hear you say that you go really really far back because I remember in high school I, I could overhear like you and juan and angel richie like having conversations yeah. about what happened on saturday and funny enough i was like why well, like boxing <laughs> Fuck because because i've always loved combat sports but it's always been boxing for me boxing's been the big one and so i always used to just shit on mma because i was like no boxing's the best it's it's gonna yeah. be the best and then yeah growing up in el
1: paso why would yeah. you ever have that mentality there's no yeah. way that's true
0: and it's just they're not comparable. Like, the the quality that you see with MMA versus boxing in terms of the fights that are put yeah. on the cards, the promotions, it's not
1: comparable. Um, yeah, and then just, like, top-tier athletes and, and things like that, you know, it's it's great. And I think we're getting to – I, I think when you say we're not at the hate, hate point, but I think we are at an interesting point where the, you know, the WWE – type antics that we're starting to get over the last like few years with, you know, people playing characters more than they are yeah. um, being themselves, I think is what gave the UFC a lot of charm. Cause you can tell that guy's an asshole. I would like to see that guy get punched in the face, but I don't want, if I want to watch fake people. I'll go watch WWE and we'll go watch wrestling. Um, and then like with all of our, you know, super fights that are more or less happening, not with super fights, but like weirdly matched fights that are getting more, attention than you know something like the main fights so I think we're at a weird point where you know back in the day it really was just like put the two best dudes that we have and put them against each other now it's kind of getting a little bit chalky and weird with uh, some of the uh, people who want to get paid more which I guess is kind of what we're going to be talking about so
0: yeah so that's that's a great way to transition into the main topic today we're going to talk about fighter pay. this is something that I think we're both on the same side of in terms of our opinions but uh, another another reason why you're a perfect person to talk about this with is because i want to start the conversation by kind of properly contextualizing what the ufc is and how it's evolved you know today it's 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 an espn branded promotion and sport and with that when you're under the espn umbrella you have a certain level of legitimacy You know, ESPN has its hand in basically every major sport, every major sport event, I think, outside of the Champions League and the NCAA tournament in men's basketball. Uh, But outside of that, if, if you want to have the biggest platform, you want to be on the biggest platform, it is ESPN. But my question to you, I guess, to start this conversation is, as somebody who has a much longer view in history with this sport and with this promotion specifically,
1: how do you view the UFC? Yeah. I I still think it's the, I think uh, it's tough because I think a lot of this just goes back to, you know, uncle Dana selling out on stuff. Um, Because I mean, before it was even on ESPN, it was still a huge brand. It was still the premier combat sports organization on the planet and it still is and it's going to continue to be for a while but it didn't need espn to do that and i think all being on espn does is kind of make it harder for um things to change moving forward right so i think they made like a lot of good changes in terms of how they market themselves and um the type of venues you can get in and things like that but i just I think where they're at now is not necessarily selling out because everyone needs to get paid, you know, capitalism, you know, lets me talk to you here now and not do other things. So I just wish that there was another entity. I mean, we had Bellator, but I wish Bellator was bigger. I just really wish Bellator was bigger to kind of push UFC to be, continue to be better because it feels like, they're kind of just there and they're just kind of stagnant because they know it feels like Ronda Rousey waiting for Holly home. We don't have a Holly home for, for the UFC. And I think that's the biggest issue with, uh, you know, wanting to watch things like Bellator, but knowing that the quality isn't as high, but if it was higher, it'd be a much harder thing. It, it reminds me a lot of like the, um, the Monday night wars for WWE where ECW and, and, you know, WWF are going back and forth. And I think that's what, we need or that's how that's how big they are right now they're so big and it, it's such a premier league that they need something else to help the product get better than what it already is, which is fantastic.
0: Okay, you took that a very interesting direction, so is your point more that they've plateaued at this point because of lack of competition to push them.
1: I think, yeah, I think, well, I don't know if they plateaued, but they're definitely just kind of sitting on the hill waiting for something else to happen because they know that they're going to be able to get the biggest people. They know that they have, there is no brand deal they do bigger than getting ESPN, right? Like, what else do you do from there? So you kind of just wait until something comes along to make make you more money or, you know, push you to be better. But I think they're just kind of stagnant and just kind of waiting for the next thing to to happen because they are the premier. Yeah,
0: I think when they signed with... ESPN, I think for me, the way I viewed it was, okay, they've, they're done in a way, like they, again, I I just view ESPN as a, like a some type of, it's like a nice sheen on a car or something, it just legitimizes what they're doing so much more than any other network that could do for them, and then with that, you know, like a fuck ton of money, so, but where I don't see any difference with it is that they still have the same people in charge. Like they have the legitimacy, but they still have the same people making the same decisions like i.e. Dana White. So it's it's, it's like, a, like, do you ever watch like mafia movies where it's just like, they're trying to go legitimate they're trying yeah, to go yeah, legit yeah. like they want yeah, to have yeah. a like a real business <laughs> operated like a real business. And it's like, yeah, yeah, OK, yeah. they are, but they still got the guy who like cuts people's hands off, you know, if they, yeah. you know, wander. That's, too that's, that's a great
1: that's a perfect analogy, I, I think. That, I think that really nails it. of kind of where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't dis- I don't I don't disagree. I mean, they're, it's a shiny sheen and nothing's changing with like a streaming service or anything that would make that bigger you know lots of like come and failed um so espn is kind of like where they need to be um but it's just like a weird spot because like, what do you do now right
0: and i think the being with espn in a way enables them to not as they grow with ESPN and make more money, it it certainly enables them to keep doing business as usual. But is there any realistic model to improve fighter pay outside of the company getting bigger so they can increase fighter pay, but like as a base pay for fighters? Is there even a base pay for fighters?
1: Yeah, I did like a lot of watching of like what, um, actual people who fought in the UFC, like we're getting paid kind of on a spectrum. Um, I watched like this light heavyweight or this lightweight guy, um, who says he got paid more, um, after he, he got paid more before the sponsorship deal thing went through with Reebok. He said that that was like really his big turning point of where he stopped getting um, a share of the money because the way that they did the brand deal for them is that you had if you had more fights you got paid more money but if you had a little bit of fights you could still get more with the sponsorship deals so it's i think that's like i don't know if they have a well way to do it other than paying their people just more up front of the revenue right like the way the nba nfl and like every other major sports league does where they get more than what, what is the UFC, like 18% or something like that? Yeah, if I I got 18%, read 17,
0: 18%. Yeah,
1: like if you just change that model, then everyone probably gets paid a little bit more. But in a sport like this, where it's just one person, they're an individual athlete, sponsorships are huge or were huge for them, or I guess still are if you're, you're big enough. But the Reebok deal really shook things up when it came to um, having a market where you could do this.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, in a less serious way, Natalie and I talk a lot about this when we watch fights, like, wouldn't it just be interesting just to see the style of an athlete as they present themselves going into like the octagon, if they didn't have to wear this uniform, but also to the benefit of like, you know, some of these athletes are like Nike caliber, Adidas caliber, under armor caliber athletes who could like, Sell fucking shoes or sell clothes, whatever it is for whatever that brand is. So I can see that, but the the way I view the UFC trying to go is they don't look at themselves as a promotion. They look at themselves as the ultimate league, just like the NBA is, the NFL is. So it's like that uniformity very much is important
1: for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just really cut up on the, the uniform <laughs> comment because that's what this basically is now at this point. I'm thinking back to like the the old older days of the UFC where, you know, it was a part of like their walkout, it was a part of like their persona, like their swag like where the things that they were wearing, you know, and the money was nice too, I bet. Like, you know, can you think of can you think of looking at rampage Jackson fight without some kind of brand deal around his neck or you know pulling out whatever water bottle or whatever company was sponsoring him at at the time um so you should just let them and if that's the case like if you are just trying to be like the the ufc is the nfl then let them have like their brand deals and stuff like let them sponsor whatever uh because i always also listening to that guy a big big thing that they had too was the sponsorship checks where they were Taxing sponsors fifty thousand dollars to even sponsor a fighter. So if you're a smaller brand or if you're a smaller something, there's no way you're paying the UFC fifty thousand dollars if you can only pay you know this fighter two thousand dollars to wear a patch on your shorts, right? So right. I think just the greed and of how like the greed of like where they were at. I think now they could probably do it now right i mean like you sold the wme for a bunch of money like do you need like what like what more do you need to to get you were like the only sports organization that was able to keep the doors open during like the pandemic so it's not like they're hurting for money or maybe they are and they're just like is like really good at hiding it but bring back the sponsorships i think that helps a lot instead of you know the shitty or letting conor mcgregor you know pander his <laughs> shitty whiskey and scotch yeah. around you know it's just a complete, like, bias on, like, who gets the treatment on, who who gets to make the money and who does it, basically, right. is what it seems like.
0: What is this situation with the UFC? Is it more of Dana White and, and – and I'm using Dana White as the catch-all for the UFC because he's the front man. Yeah. Is it Dana White's greed or is it Dana White's shrewd business acumen? Because he he does understand I have a monopoly on this situation. Why the fuck would I squeeze any less tighter? So or is it or or do both things go hand in hand?
1: Yeah, I think they're I think they're um, synonymous I, I would imagine, right? And I say this only because I know that I wouldn't I would pay people more, right? like why wouldn't you pay people more if you're making more money? Like like I don't know I, I think that's like it's a, a basic philosophical issue that he has or philosophical difference than he has, than, you know, other sports leagues who pay their people more, the revenue. So I don't know. I, I think it really just comes down to like the base practices of how they pay their fighters as they get bigger.
0: Right. And I, I, I think this is where we go into like a, what type of economic system best works, like some type of, shrewd capitalism or a mixed economy where you have a where you you know socialize it to a degree i I think of it this way like the mlb the nba and the nfl they have unions and with their uh player unions they all get about a 50 50 revenue split with the nfl i think it was 10 years ago um Players actually had like a really, really favorable revenue split. I think it was like 54 to 46 percent, which is rare. And so what the uh the owners in the NFL did over the next decade was like fight their fucking hardest to work back to get that back to a 50-50 split, and now they added a 17th game. So the way I look at these people. These owners and these huge leagues, whatever you want to call them, they if they could do what Dana White is doing, they would absolutely do it. But it's crazy because I think when you have unions and you can give fighters like a livable base pay, you would only improve the sport. Like, if you had a, a, a young and up-and-coming fighter who didn't have to work a day job as a teacher yeah. or whatever it is, and they could just focus on fighting, you're improving the quality inherently. And then if you have that, like, if they had a, not an MMA union, but a UFC union, just think about how much more of the, how do I put it? They would monopolize the sport even more because why would anybody go to fucking Bellator if there's a union in the UFC, there's a, or one, you know, why would they go to one championship, why would they go to the PFL, if there is a union and you have healthcare like to me it's just the obvious right.
1: Yeah, I think what it comes down to is that they don't have to, right? Because you have people like Derek Lewis who are like, "Oh, year you pay me ten dollars, I'll go in there and fight somebody." <laughs> you know, it it just it's just hard. I think you're, it's harder now for them to do it than it was back, you know, in the '90s because social media is such a huge thing, and you know it. And it, social media is such a huge thing, and you have so many more people trying to get into the UFC. So if one guy is not going to take a contract, the next guy probably will. The next guy after that probably will. Just because they're trying to make it into the show so they don't have to do anything different. It would take like a, a union strike, but I don't think that's ever going to happen or would happen based on how much the people like the really top people who would like it would. Cause if you can tell John Jones, no, do any of them really have a chance of like really taking a strike? If you're going to tell John Jones, no, as much as I hate the guy, like the dude would bring in so much money and they said, no, So I don't know if they can unionize or, I don't know, would it take someone dying? I don't know if that would do anything, but I don't think there's any way that they could strike the way other sports organizations did to get what they wanted.
0: Is that the dirty secret here that really the fighters in this fucking company are, they're they're doing more damage to their progression because they don't have like a solid
1: voice when it comes to this shit. Yeah. What was what, so the we the internet comp the comp the comp Danis Company band. Yeah. You know, the the Derek Lewis's my boy DC of the world. Like the guys who are just like, I'm happy I used to live in a, a car and I'm not living in a car anymore. So you can pay me whatever you want. Type type mentality, which I can't, you know, dispute or, or refute. Like if you're a Derek Lewis who grew up in the ghetto of Houston for forever and now you get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to go into a ring and punch someone in the face like what does 30 million mean to you if you were already surpassed what you thought you were going to be um you know but then you have people like you know like masvidal and and those people who just want big paydays to have big paydays also slows down the sport as well
0: I mean, Kevin Holland's another one, Sean yeah. O'Malley's another one, you know, yep. they, it, and it really just, what I hate about it most is that it just, again, it's just not to their benefit the way they're speaking about these things, and a lot of it's just like, well, if you fucking fight, you get paid, yeah. it's just like, well, imagine like not having to fight and you still get paid, and so <laughs> yeah, I... Right? I'm with you in the sense that in the most realistic terms, I don't see it happening for a promotion like the UFC, but there are some solid like underpinnings to it happening. And it is that you have like a lot of top level fighters who come out and talk about it and who are willing to like, Sit out like John Jones, like Corbin Masvidal, like Luke Rockhold, um, and so to me, if you could really unify like the top level guys to do it, yeah, then yeah. that might get the ball rolling.
1: You would have to, or do, or have Bellator do something like groundbreaking, like do it do it before before they do or something to get those top level guys over there making money for somebody else. Cause if, if they're, if they told John Jones, no, and John Jones stays and doesn't do anything, then Dana White doesn't give a shit. But if John Jones would like go do like a super card on Bellator or something like that, you know, then I think that Exodus, I think means more to people like Dana, again, you know, as like the head person uh, conglomerate, like that's, I think what they have to do. I think they need to leave. I think if not just sit out, like, go somewhere else and make a shitload of money for somebody else. That's not Dana White.
0: And this is where like, as a fan, I, I just get really conflicted. because yeah. as much it's, as it's, I- it's
1: it's the, it's the, it's the Monday night war shit, dude. Back and I prepared for this, dude. I've, I've been through this. I've seen this shit happen before all the top guys, they left and went to w, WCW and then the whole thing got better. That's what, that's what happened there. But and then they got I- bought out. And then, then, you know, it's, 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 it's fine.
0: But this ain't wrestling, Jim Bob.
1: <laughs> it might as well be at this point with these goddamn promoters and shit. For, for me, like, this is where I
0: feel very conflicted. I can obviously see, like, the greedy fuck that is Dana White in the UFC and the disingenuous way that they handle fighter pay. But also, I directly benefit from it as a rear because they have the monopoly on fighters. So when I think about John Jones leaving, I go, no, please don't. Or Jorge Masvidal or any name, any elite fighter in the weight class. I, I'm still what? fucked up about Demetrius Johnson not being in the UFC. I I'm still sad about that. All right. So it's Let's like, I, about I, that. I he didn't I, even go I, to
1: belt or he didn't even go to like a. <laughs> so it's
0: like, I have this conflict of like do I really, as a fan, want to get my hands dirty for the change that needs to happen? And I but think, but think about
1: really it though, fun. if you know, if Jorge Masvidal did go to Bellator, um, and he fought, you know, next weekend, are you watching that fight card? Yeah. Or are you at least? Are you at least tuning in for the the Jorge fight? At least.
0: I'm. Um, I'm tuning. Here's. Outside of the UFC, I, I go for the names. I don't go for the cards. So if it's...
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if a lot of those guys did leave, like a lot of those top guys did leave in, like, some mass exodus or or something, I think that would be a thing because as much as I don't like him, if John Jones is fine, if I watch Jake Paul fight, like, four fucking times, I can watch John Jones fight again at some other card. It's not that big a deal. The internet's free, you know?
0: Yeah, but it's just then it's... it's I just don't want...
1: I you want the know. UFC brand to be better, but it's like.
0: If well, they I, want, I want the or You want sport. them to do better. Well, outside of the brand, again, the, U, the UFC's monopoly on fighters is just something that is so rare. And as a boxing fan, you know, that's my first love in terms of combat sports. And I still love it today. But what ruins it is that they don't have a promotion that encompasses and houses all these great fighters, which is why it can take nine fucking years to make Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather, which is why we still don't have Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr., which is, you know, so many fights that should have happened. And the UFC, they put them together. Like right now I'm writing a story on top 10 fights that should happen in 2022. And will all these fights happen? No, but they're realistic. They could happen. And because boxing has all these different promotions and all these different managements and all these different belts. It's just diluted the quality, which is why, yeah, for the big pay-per-views, it can make a fuck ton of money, but they don't carry the same weight that the UFC does for the sport of MMA. So... Again, I just uh, as a fan, I don't know if I'm prepared for those rough years of the sport reconfiguring and then yeah. fighter pay gets figured out and then they can come back and coalesce and put together great cards. Or do we need that? Is, is that where this is eventually going to trend where it's not about our promotion? It's about having fighters having their full autonomy to go fight on any card they want. And is that to the benefit of the sport?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, it's one of like the coolest things and like the roughest things about you know not having the the open market versus like this this closed market that the USC has. I don't. Again, I I think it's a good and a bad thing because I think they would be greedy enough, or they're greedy enough now, right, to keep people under their contracts and things like that. So I don't think they ever get we ever get to the point. Again, unless something happens like a change in leadership, like a big thing like that, where they would let them go just go fight on where card. unless your name's like, you know, Connor McGregor and you make them a bunch of money, really depends on how much you can get away with with them. If you're John Jones, you can go beat your wife and nothing happens to you. You move down in the pound for pound rankings. That's 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 about it.
0: Hey, man, three spots is a lot. <laughs> that's that's a lot, bro. <laughs> uh, for everybody, for. Those who don't know, Adrian's a huge John Jones
1: fan. I'm um, the from, biggest John Jones hater you will ever meet in your life.
0: I honestly I don't I, I think you're pretty fair to John Jones.
1: Really? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I don't yeah, I mean again, I don't think it's like an unrealistic reaction to not like a guy who's done that much messed up stuff, but you'd be surprised about you know the jock the jock writers that John Jones has in his fan base.
0: Right, which is why, like, you can at the very least, like, recognize his greatness. Like, you're not so...
1: Yeah, no, he's really good. He's really... He's a genetic... Him and his brothers are all genetic freak athletes yeah. who are insane. I just don't think he deserves $100 million for a fight. Like, actually deserves, as a human being, like, this person deserves money. Like, I'd rather it goes to someone else for a big payday for, like, a big super fight than John Jones.
0: Well let, let's get into that. So John Jones is an interesting one because I think it was earlier this year like a, a $30 million uh payout was reported, or Dana White came out and said John Jones wants $30 million for a fight with Francis. Yeah. And then Jones, like of course, came out and said, I never said that. So what we both know is both of these men are exceptional. <laughs> liars liars. Not even <laughs> narcissists. Hold on, time out. Not exceptional, prolific liars. They're not good yeah. liars. They're just prolific, you know, Um, but it speaks to, like, Dana White being, like, the judge, jury, and executioner, and that, to me, is for as much as he's done, and I think you can give him, you know, a lot of appreciation and kudos in a lot of ways, but here's my take on Dana White. He's a shitty fucking promoter, The UFC is a shitty fucking promotion when it comes to building up fighters. Unless they have somebody who just walks down their way like Conor McGregor, good looking white dude, can shit talk and can fight. Oh, they know how to push that, but they don't know how to build stars. Do you agree with that statement?
1: Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. It's the reason why we're at the point now where the UFC champions aren't as some of the UFC champions aren't as big names as. Jorge Masvidal, who's probably never going to be a UFC champion, probably ever, um, but has a bigger name because the UFC pushes and builds him to such a high degree when he's going to fight. Right. So, 100%.
0: And it blows my mind. I, I think of somebody like a Canelo Alvarez who is not a shit talker and, you know, although he has a impressive highlight reel knockouts, is a technical boxer. He's not, yeah. he really does not embody the Mexican spirit in terms of, I'm gonna take one to give one. He, he does not fight like a quote unquote Mexican fighter. And still the dude rakes in cake with every single fight and they buy his fights every time he fights. And, and is that purely just based off the fact that he's Mexican? So it's like, if, it, if it's that easy, to just rake in that much money with a fighter of his caliber How is this not happening for Francis, for an Amanda, for a Valentina, for an Adesanya? And to me, it just comes back to this promotion sucks at fucking promoting fighters.
1: Do you think it has anything to do with, like, the the basis of, like, what an MMA fan is compared to, like, or whatever, like, correlations between, you know, an MMA fan and a boxing fan that, like, puts so much – because it's easy to sell a UFC fight when the dudes are talking shit. you know, It's easy. And it, and do, does the UFC just go roll with that? Because they know if you have two guys talking shit, it's going to sell tickets, whatever the fuck. But if I have someone like Demetrius Johnson, who's arguably one of the best fighters ever, who isn't going to talk shit and isn't going to bring in people, then why do we even push or even try to push people like that? So I wonder if it's our fan base is just that shit where we don't need good promotion to push fighters.
0: I mean, are you talking more for the casuals or for fans like me and you?
1: I think the casual fan who goes and buys a $60 pay-per-view to go have like a party with her friends and talk about how Conor McGregor is like the best fighter who's ever walked the earth type fan, which I think would make up, unfortunately probably the majority based off the people who were in those arenas every, every Saturday would probably make up a good portion of, the fans who are right. going to buy tickets.
0: Yeah, I think the casual is always going. To, they're the ones who drive the market. You know, it's it's yeah. not people like you and me. But again, I I go back to what's Canelo Alvarez's brand? What's his star power? So if is he solely just bringing in? Huge pay per view bias based on the fact that he's Mexican. I mean, he's getting casual. That's a, he I doesn't mean, that's talk a, shit. He's not a crazy, crazy fighter, and he's making money.
1: I, I think. Oh, I think being Mexican is like a big part of that. If if Canelo Alvarez was like a, I don't know if he was, I don't know. I think being Mexican is a huge part of it because I mean they haven't had a big win in there for for. We watched Floyd Mayweather. We, Floyd Mayweather beat up the Mexican hero for you know years ago. So I think that helps a bunch. Um
0: then Brandon Moreno should just be a fucking That's And that
1: and that was like my point, right? Because I'm trying, I, I don't I don't know the analytics of it, but I know that you know my Facebook feed was blowing up people who have never seen post about MMA or or anything, but because he was the Mexican that he was winning in the fashion that he did, people were, were paying attention to it. So I guess he's gonna be like the good litmus test of can just where you're from be like the big thing So obviously Conor McGregor has like the Irish people behind him but no one has the kind of combat sports excitement the way that Mexicans do you know from us growing up there for so long so I think Brandon McGregor is going to be a good a good test because even like when Valentina speaks Spanish have you ever been have you you seen Valentina fight at a um like at a bar or anything no now, I I saw her fight once, and the first time we heard her speak Spanish, the whole fucking crowd was like, what the hell is going on? So I think it's, it's a powerful tool, and if they're smart, they let Brandon fight in Mexico, and you really see whether or not they can just push someone by the merit of them just being badass, because there's really nobody in that division who really talks all that much shit anyway, so he's not going to have that kind of issue the way that some of the higher weights do, so...
0: I don't know. It it's. I mean, they are building a performance institute in Mexico as well. But it's. I'm. Um, I mean, I think we know the answer why like a uh, Francis and a Valentina aren't huge. It's because of the UFC. So I guess then, who's going to be the first non shit talking WWE character UFC champion? Who's going to be get that star power in spite of the UFC shit promotion. Will we ever see that? Will somebody ever transcend the hurdles that the UFC puts in front of them where we can recognize, oh, this is just an amazing fighter and they're going to do a million pay-per-view buys every time they fight, like a Canelo Alvarez?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know if we really have someone who's just by their own merits because I would say – I was going to say Izzy, but I think the Jan fight kind of stopped that kind of hype train
0: yeah.
1: a little bit there. Um, I'd say Usman, but no one likes watching him fight because <laughs> they think he's boring yeah. for some reason. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of someone like if I walked down the street and I was like, oh, Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, that, that people would instantly be able to recognize. And I don't know if we have anyone like that right now outside of, you know, John Jones. Well, to me, the- really, that's really it. Because I mean, because when Silva was huge, people knew who people knew who Anderson Silva was. Because right. you know, this soft-spoken dude who would kick your teeth out right in front of you. Like that's that's pretty big. But I can't think of anyone who's been that big, so soft-spoken since Anderson that had like the global power. Because even Khabib, I mean, I don't think people really knew who Khabib was.
0: Yeah. No. I mean. I think the McGregor fight certainly changed his his market value, but I agree. I mean, to me, the the obvious one is Francis because he has everything a casual fan would want. You want to see yeah. somebody get knocked the fuck out? Watch this guy fight. Yeah. And- God, dude,
1: his uppercut. Oh, God, against Uber I saw that in a Twin Peaks with Juan. Dude, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, why don't you want to see more of that? Why don't you want that giant athlete? In the ring, fighting someone every single weekend, right. who takes no damage, dude, throw him in there. Come on, what are you guys doing?
0: And then, uh, but then again, it goes back to the promotion, and then they fucking make an interim title, which to a degree de-legit- delegitimizes him as champion. And it's funny. So in the lead up to the fr- Francis's first fight with Stipe, they ran the overing clip, and he has the. We tested his punch at the performance yeah, yeah, institute, yeah. and it's Dragon Ball most, Z type shit. Yeah, yeah, it's the most powerful punch since fucking Thor's hammer and <laughs> Avengers Nine, and like all this bullshit. So it's like they they found it like, oh, they're really gonna push him hard. He fucking loses, and then what? Oh, he's lazy. Yeah. Oh, he he
1: then didn't the train Derek hard fight. Enough. Oh God, not the Derek fight. He
0: didn't train hard enough, and like you know, which is true to a degree. But it's like, what are you? Are you a league, or are you a promotion? And if you're a promotion, you're doing a shitty job of building this guy. Like I, it's just Dana White to me, uh, from a public perspective, wears too many hats. And I think the next step for the UFC. Is what Dana White is not the biggest thing about the UFC.
1: Yeah, and that was my thing. I think that's what's going to take for them to really kind of. I mean, I thought it was going to be with the sell when they when they sold like a whole bunch of stuff was going to change and things were going to shake up radically, but nothing like really did outside of you know they have to wear these. Well, not anymore. I hated I hated the Reebok gear, but you know now that's they right. have to like wear all the same the same gear. But until he's gone and until he's not in the picture, I don't think much really changes because um, he's. Mainly because he's like a smart, dumb guy who just thinks that he's right. You know what I mean? Like, he thinks he's really capturing these these illegal streamers. Like, he thinks that, like, <laughs> he's going to stop illegal streaming. Like, he Dana White believes in his soul that you're not going to be able to illegally stream a UFC fight sometime in the future. And that guy's making millions of dollars, you know? Like, it, it's kind of hard to think that things are going to change when you have someone like that running your whole – league brand promotion crossover thing
0: i loved when he was like doing that after like his post fights like, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah we got him we got fucking, his ass
0: fucking caught that guy <laughs> it's like you can like tell like he has a heart on underneath the desk yeah i, I wish he would still do that like I-, I really enjoyed that where it's just like oh he caught another one today because again it's like he fundamentally doesn't understand how it works
1: Yeah, but he thinks he does, and he thinks he's right. So he thinks he knows how much his fighters should be paid, and he thinks what he's doing is, like, the right way to make sure your brand stays alive. So that's what he's just going to keep on doing.
0: I I think another domino that would need to fall to improve fighter pay is the journalism around MMA and the UFC specifically. (laughs) It's pretty fucking awful.
1: It's pretty bad, dude. I I stopped watching press conferences because – the questions and the way or the, like the, the press conferences and like the stuff like the the next day I would go and and try and read some articles, but they're all just so not good.
0: Well, the the UFC and and white goes unchallenged. Like it's like these media members forgot, like what their oath is as a journalism, which is like to challenge power to question power and I think the only time I've ever seen Dana White fucking squirm in his chair is when he went on ESPN and Dominique Foxworth. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, former cornerback in the NFL who was the president of the players' union, I think, when he was in. So very much knows about labor disputes. And Foxworth just called him out the whole fucking time on his way of paying fighters. But it's like, and best believe that was the last time Dominique Foxworth ever talked to Dana White on ESPN. So it's like, where is the challenge going to come from? It's not going to come from any UFC MMA journalist, obviously, because what's the benefit to that? They only they don't have anything to gain from that. They will lose their access and because yeah. that's what's most important to them, because really what we're talking about, it's these aren't journalists. These are just media personalities like the Schmo or, uh, Ariel Hawani who, you know, has been the most, he's been the main antagonist of the UFC, but it's really more,
1: more annoying and a character at this point than anything serious journalism.
0: Yeah. And not for anything important, like his biggest, You you know fight with the UFC is because he did or didn't break the news that Brock Lesnar was going to come back. Like thanks, Ariel. That's really the information we needed. (laughs) So it it's when when is it the promotion the league? Why when are they going to be fundamentally challenged? Because if they are, they don't really have a solid argument.
1: Yeah, I don't. It it would take I think like an well, I mean I would say it takes in depth look but it's it's already out right that they make literally market share like or, or like revenue wise half as much as any other professional athlete when it comes to like how much revenue your organization is meeting making everybody knows that um, and there's no way you're gonna have the fans strike and not buy pay per views because they're just gonna go stream it online anyway you know so the the hype still keeps on going. I think the buck stops at Dana, dude. I don't know if anything changes as long as Dana is <clears throat> someone who's calls the shots. I know that he has like a significantly like less share now, but he obviously has enough to be there every, every time, still part owner. So, and I don't, even if he wasn't there, I don't know who, who comes and kind of picks up the pieces. Right. Cause if he, I, I hate to give you another, wwe reference but there's a reason the mcmahon's have run the wwe since like its inception right they just have it in the family and they can do basically whatever they want until the end of time because the mcmahon's are going to keep running it over and over and over again Um, but that whole industry would shake up again if they weren't running it if you had someone else come in and kind of shake up how you know giving them insurance and, and things like that stuff like stuff that they're fighting for on their end that should be common practice for a sport like that but
0: I think the last interesting component to this is the fans. I don't understand fans who get mad about fighters complaining to get paid for. Yeah. Like, to me, it's just like a, a fundamental lack of humanity. Yeah. Like, How do you think $50,000 is adequate for people? Here's what I say. Go get punched in the face. I've been punched in the face. I don't like. I don't like it. I've never liked it. Don't want it to ever happen again. And to imagine people doing that as a for their livelihood, and we can't pay more. I don't understand that fan element.
1: Yeah, I think that the biggest issue with something like that is because they think that because you have people, you know, allegedly asking for thirty million dollars, they think that oh, everyone's getting paid that much, right? The issue is I don't think that someone big enough, you know, because even Valentina's – because they've asked Valentina about it too. And she's like, oh, no, yeah, I'm pretty okay with the way I'm getting paid. Uh, but the way it's always like with that I'm getting paid. They need someone to step up and be like, hey, look, like my teammates don't get paid shit. I know I got paid, you know, a $50,000 bonus here, but that's what they made all last year. Um and I think that that's probably what it needs to happen, that someone needs to – more people need to speak out. and they have guys on the lower cards don't get paid shit, and that's not okay. I think more, most people think that they do get paid very, very well. I'm pretty sure if you go ask someone on the street, how much do you think a UFC fighter gets paid? I guarantee they're not going to say $50,000. They're going to say more for right. sure.
0: Oh, and it's even less for that yeah. too. I, I, I more or less meant the $50,000 thing for the bonuses. But if you're a no-name opening up the prelim, I mean, the the fighter paid, it's been documented like 10000 they got a 10 for show and a 10 for win, yeah. which after taxes, you pay your camp, you pay your coaches, pay your, camp, pay your
1: coach, pay the taxes of your sponsors. If you have any, you know, if you're, if you're just starting, you're not getting, you're basically getting pennies from like the Venom brand deal. You're not getting anything. So then you're like pushed to fight more because the more fights you have, the more you get from, from the brand deal that the UFC has, which means you're not doing, if you have to work a regular job, you can't go work your regular job because you have to go train for the next fight in three months after you've just fought. So it's um, they need some kind of base salary, you know, similar to every other major sporting event. That's the other thing I don't understand. Like most major sports have this and if they're trying to be like the pinnacle of, you know, the brand or of the genre of sport, then they should be doing what other pinnacles of the genre are doing. But again, I think it's just the money thing. You know, yeah. he's fine with them getting paid 18% of the revenue if that means he's getting more. Right. I
0: think, and this is my last point on this, but I think where the UFC is greatest tactically about steering this discussion in their favor, because that's the real fucked up thing. This is not a. 100% is on this side of pain fighters more and 0%. It's, it's a contentious <laughs> battle of people who like and it's their choice. They get paid enough, blah, blah, blah. And then people like us. But I think where the UFC is greatest is, is that perpetuating myth. And this is where yeah. Dana White is so... I don't want to even say good because when he does it, I can see through that bullshit. But when he says didn't want to fight, yeah, you know, yeah, how do you... didn't want to fight. Comments. Yeah, or, or fighters like don't sign the contract. We offered a contract. Didn't want to fight. I like fighters who like to fight, and he always says that, and people don't understand what that is, and and what that really means. It's not that yeah. the fighter doesn't want to fight; it's that you're offering them dog shit, and they know they're worth. And yeah. he's brilliantly using that because he knows it's going to trigger some, you know. Those meathead UFC
1: fans like that fucking pussy didn't want to fight. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Uncle Dana. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like into those people who like would probably act like that. Like I was like, hey, your blue collar job, whatever like job you do, that like makes you hate your life so much that you don't have like the basic empathy to understand like they should be getting paid more. How much do you get paid at your job? Oh, x amount. Don't you want to get paid more? Yeah. You fuck. Like, everyone wants more money, you dickhead. Like, what makes them any different?
0: What is it with human psychology that just, when people start to complain, that it just turns off that empathy <laughs> button. And it's just like, oh, you complain, so now I don't feel bad for you anymore. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. And this is for, like, every walk of life, like, within politics, within entertainment, sports. It's just when people start, to not even complain, when people start to speak to their value and their worth, that they somehow lose people's ability to be to be heard
1: in a way. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it, at, for, for I, I don't know. I, I don't know the psychologists, I haven't done any research on this. I think it's a good topic to, to look up. But for me, I think it's like a not, it's putting yourself in the other person's shoes, but not in the way you're supposed to, you know what I mean? Because if someone told me, "Oh, I'm John Jones, and you know I got paid, I've been paid you know millions of dollars for my fights, and I was asking for thirty million more," most people would probably be like, "Well, if I was getting paid that much, I wouldn't be asking for thirty million dollars more." So I'm automatically going to assume they're just being an asshole and they're, you know, complaining and crying about nothing. Because if I was in their shoes, I probably wouldn't be doing the same things. Um, which I would say, "Yeah, you would," because you want more money now. Why wouldn't you want more money later? That doesn't make any sense, but. I think it's like that empathy part of not being in the person's shoes, but not seeing it the other way.
0: And in a way, I can like I get it. Like when I see players hold out in the NBA and they use statements like "I'm just trying to feed my family," and it's yeah, just like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. fuck you, you fucking <laughs> entitled little." Like when it comes to NBA players, I turn into like fucking Don Imus on Fox News. Like
1: these <laughs> entitled little
0: brats, like. But
1: it's just NBA like, is a different story, man, because I think exactly. they, they just because you just let them you just let them be fat flat earthers and anti-faxers and we just like just let it happen. So of course for my mind immediately goes whenever Kyrie ever talks, I'm just like, oh fuck off. I don't want to hear your opinion, you fuck. But
0: it's like the categorical differences, these people are dribbling a basketball, and these people are potentially <laughs> killing each other. Yeah, and, and that's 100%. just like the disconnect to me just doesn't make as much sense. This is not a professional athlete living in their mansion bitching. Yeah. These are relatively, on average, poor people fighting for money that's not going to translate into any type of social mobility. Like, if you just had to track the career of like everybody that's fought in the UFC and to their life after that versus every NBA player. It's different ballparks. It's different yeah. neighborhoods. It's different social classes. It's not the same thing.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, and I think that's what makes the UFC so great because you do get to you do get to like hear those like personal stories, which makes you get attached to them. So, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's weird. I think sports in general are weird, and us as fans are weird for how invested we get, and shit that has literally no effect on our daily life, but not here we are. It has a huge effect on my, on my daily life.
0: <laughs> like, if Hamza Chemaya d- does not fight this Saturday, I probably won't show up to work on Monday. <laughs> it's that important to me. Oh,
1: man. God, I'm so torn on that fight, man. I want I want Glover to pull it out, but I just really fucking like Jan, and he's just such a nice guy, and his family's so cute. But I really want I want one of the OGs to to have some fun in the sun because they have not been having a good time in these comebacks. And he's the only one on an actual trajectory to, to do something.
0: I just I just can't imagine a 41-year-old light heavyweight champion. <laughs> I or can't or, do or I don't want to. I like Glover. But I <laughs> I, I want to see Jan win. And I, I don't like parody especially when it comes to like fighting if somebody's going to be champion i want to see them be champion for a good minute
1: i, I don't like hey man if jan's that dude then he should have no problem beating 41 year old glover to share but i don't know we said that with stipe too and we saw you know
0: but th- but that's what's dangerous about four-hands gloves and and fighting in an octagon you know yeah it, it breeds parity but we're a little off topic now but I think that's a good way of, you know, closing out the discussion on fighter pay. It doesn't seem that there's in the near future at least any realistic kind of things that can happen to really really change the landscape. And if things were to happen, is it going to be what fans like you and me really want because it's going to need a radical change and are we going to be okay with that radical change
1: yeah the answers are there they're just not realistic for for the time we're in um you know but yeah again like the consumer my my little capitalist self keep giving me good fights i'm gonna be bought in i don't care (laughs) do all your shitty practices all you want man because i'm probably still going to be there regardless because there's no you know Ethical consumption and capitalism. So
0: this is why I used to stream fights. This is my protest. It was never about the it was never about the fighters. It was about Dana White.
1: Yeah, it's all about Dana White. Yeah. Yeah. See, I did it to protest
0: it. Dana. All right. Let's take a quick sponsorship break and uh, we'll be right back.
1: Um, I'm broke, so hey. I need
0: to fight. All right, back with our guest today, Adrian Ruiz. And now we're going to get to rapid fire questions. I'm actually pretty excited to get through these. All right. So I want you to rank these four fighters based on their projection as possible champions. Hamzat Shamayev, Sugar Sean O'Malley, Patti Pimblett, and Islam Makachev. Uh,
1: Islam Makachev number one. Uh, O'Malley number three. I don't know man, I gotta see how he fights on Saturday, but uh Wait,
0: are you telling me that you're not you haven't bought full stock on Hamza Jamaya?
1: I have, but also
0: <sighs> I'm about to get his t- name tattooed on my neck. That's how much I'm in for this. Yeah,
1: team. I would probably say say him number two. Yeah. Yeah, number two. Yeah, I think mean, that's that I would go. That's and Patty
0: Four.
1: Yeah, Patty Four, yeah. I I just Sean O'Malley is good, but I just don't think I might even put him for, honestly. Yeah, I'll probably put Sean for because I'm kind of over it.
0: I think he's really good. I just think he's arguably in the toughest division in the UFC yeah. right now. And yeah. that's just there's no shame in not being as good as Piotr Jan or Aljamain yeah. Sterling or
1: Corey Sanhagen. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone's better than Al Tween Sterling. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you and Natalie
0: fucking hate that dude. <laughs> I hate him so much,
1: dude. I hate him so much. Uh,
0: who, who's your favorite current fighter?
1: Favorite current fighter? I think Izzy. I think Izzy's my my current oh. favorite fighter. Um, I love Izzy. I love uh, love the swagger. I love that on un- a uh, unashamed anime fan that, that helps, that helps me a lot. And he just, he just a boss dude. He's underrated. I don't know, man, maybe I just like un- like undersized uh, fighters going and doing the thing. So um, yeah, probably is he. Does he
0: have like a, a legitimate next career at 205? Or do you think that's just a gap to,
1: well, I think it was just a gap to, to, to fill the time. I think he's probably too small for 205 for. Whereas like DC being a head fighting heavyweight, I think is like a much bigger discrepancy or like a much easier discrepancy than him going all the way up to two five. Um, yeah. I don't think he'll, he'll stay. Not with John there. That's for sure. Well,
0: I think you already answered this, but least favorite fighter.
1: Least favorite fighter right now, probably Aljamain Sterling, dude. I really hate that guy with the passion. Like that guy is such a bitch. He's such a bitch. He's one. He's one of the few USC fighters that I take my chances. If I if if it came to like we are in a back alley and he says something to my wife, I'm probably taking a chance of punching this dude in the face. Um, yeah, he's just so bitch, dude. God, the way he handled that loss, or the uh, that how he handled the DQ and how he clearly, clearly faked it. Like he admits to faking it and still thinks that he should be champion and all this shit. I hope his next fine blah, blah 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 like his pre-existing injury or whatever but don't hold up the division dude just because you like the gold thing and then don't like act like you were dying after getting need in the face and then go have drinks after i got need i got need in rugby and i was out for like two days and i did not act the way he acted when he got need in the face he's a bitch, I hate him. sorry no, sterling. it's i
0: i compare the aljermaine sterling situation to like the NBA flopping situation. It's like, I can hate the players that are doing it, but it's on the league to change it. So it's like, if somebody gets legally need in the face and it's possibly fight stopping, it should automatically be a no contest, in my opinion. Like, why are we putting the fighters in the position to be honest or like in a certain league situation to act and protect? To me, it should be a no fucking contest.
1: Yeah, it should have been a no contest. Yeah, I mean, in a, it, a fight like that it should be a yeah. no contest. Yeah, and
0: even if that doesn't happen, just fucking strip him. You, you, you strip yeah. Tony. You stripped Tony Ferguson when he got fucking hurt. You know why can't you do it with Aljamain Sterling? And, and last point on that: if you see Aljamain Sterling in an alley and you attempt to punch him, just make sure your fist is closed because if the fingers are out, you're definitely gonna lose a point. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. I think I think <laughs> about uh, uh, Brian Ortega, dude, busted the fuck up. It, just just in the point of like, where like the uscd's needs to do a better job of like of doing their fucking job. I, the watching Brian Ortega clearly answer questions wrong and then still <laughs> get cleared is the most dumb shit I've ever seen in like recent. Like this, like it's like uh, it's, it's like Masgadi bad. Like, what are you doing? How do you let him go back out after that? So I I Herb guess. I bean,
0: right?
1: Yeah, yeah, her bean. I, I guess I agree with you to the point where he shouldn't have to pick whether or not he wants to keep fighting or whatever, but don't fake it like a fucking bitch. Don't yeah. fucking fake it and then go milk it after the fact like you did something cr- incredible. Like you weren't losing the slight fight by a landslide by that point. And yeah. you're probably gonna get you were probably gonna lose the fight anyway. That's my only issue with it.
0: Yeah, he he's a bummer because yeah. he I, I really like watching the guy fight, but Matt, he is just lost. Yeah, I was pulling
1: for him. I, I think that was one of yeah. the ones like when we were talking about, it, I, I thought he had a pretty good shot of beating Jan leading up to it. Yeah. And he turned so, out to be a fucking asshole. So no, his
0: his his no low fan ranking is deserved. Who's the most overrated fighter in the UFC?
1: Oh, overrated fighter. I mean, to me this is a no brainer. Who who do you think?
0: I mean, it's McGregor. And I don't even say that as a McGregor. Oh, I thought,
1: about, like, I thought we were talking about like, ch- uh, champions. Yeah, McGregor, of course, yeah. yeah. McGregor's gonna have to, McGregor has to be up there because um, he he got the Ronda Rousey treatment, you know. Was good until someone was better than him by a pretty good margin.
0: I mean, he's um, one in three as a lightweight, and he's still ranked in the top six, I think, top ten.
1: Yeah, That's but Joanna's been taken off, you know, for inactivity. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, probably. This might be controversial. I was gonna say it. Amanda, because she hasn't fought Valentina again.
0: Oh, buddy, you haven't listened to my podcast enough. I okay, so Lovers Now Fighters is a Valentina Shevchenko propaganda <laughs> uh, media content creation. Okay. So if you want to say anything bad about Amanda Nunes, I'm fucking for it. No, yeah, it's uh... Great fighter, but the double champ status is a crock of shit because she's a, she's a champion in a division with no division. Yeah. So I, I don't get – and that's not her fault. That's the UFC.
1: Again, um, yeah, the UFC's fault.
0: But, no, she's, she's highly overrated. I totally agree. Most underrated fighter.
1: Underrated? Brandon Moreno. Right. I, th- I think he's, I think he's underrated. I think um, his, his ceiling is like high, super high. He's a charming dude. He's likable. All of his, all of his embeddeds are always like, you know, endearing. He's seems like a genuine dude. And I think he has like a real shot to like his, I think his ceiling's much higher than a lot of like the new fighters that are, that are out right now. And he's in a division that he could potentially um, do well in. Whereas like, you know, Sean O'Malley is like, there's, you can list off more people. You can list off five or six people who are probably better than him in that division where Brandon Moreno has the upside and he's a Mexican guy. So I want him, I just inherently want him to do well. You know, we haven't had a, a Mexican fighter do anything other than Kane. And then he came back and shattered all of Mexico's hopes as well. So.
0: Yeah, I think Moreno is a pretty, if I had to pick I I don't know who I would pick, but Moreno's a solid one because he really does not have Any hype behind him, especially considering his age and his skill set and his room to grow as a fighter. So I I can't pick anybody else off the top of my head. All right. Next one. Which super fight is more likely in 2022? John Jones versus Francis Ngannou, Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes, or Henry Cejudo versus Alexander Volkanovsky?
1: Oh, I really want to see that last one. What likely though? Well, he's been oh, making a bunch of noise, on. right? Yeah, Triple C's been been making some noise, right, about getting back in there. I, just, I think I, I I I think the triple. C, well, I don't know. Does Dana just? Is, he was never my friend. Is is, Dan, is Triple C still Dana's friend? I don't know. I would want. I'd want to say probably the Amanda, Valentina fight would probably be the most the the most likely to happen based on how well they just destroy their opponents and how stale that's going to get for another year. Yeah. So I probably, I probably feel that one's the most likely the one I want to see the most would probably be Jones and Ganu. Oh, yeah. but I that's probably the least likely to happen.
0: You, you think that's, I really hope it's not because I'm really, I want that to happen. I, I, Look, I would watch all three of these with this mom on my face. But to me, the Cejudo one, this is where I kind of side with White. Do I want to give this guy the chance to fuck up the Federal oh, yeah, division? Should no. just come back for maybe two or three fights? I yeah. would love to see Cejudo come back. And I would love to see him fight Piotr Jan. Come back fight, and man. do that.
1: No, yeah. I don't like that fight because they're just going to, like, bang, and then he's going to knock out Piotr Jan in some weird-ass thing, and then we are got to listen to him bitch for another six years about how he's, like, the greatest ever. Give him Volkanovski, give him, like, a legitimate boxer who's going to, like, stand in there and then has, like, the ability to floor his takedown. I think the Volkanovski fight's more more entertaining from, like, a, a fight perspective.
0: You don't think Piotr – I think Jan would beat Cejudo. You think Cejudo would beat – No, him?
1: I think – I mean, I, I mean, I thought that DJ was... I thought a lot of people were going to beat this fucking five-foot-nothing dickhead. Um, but he has the power to end a fight versus Jan, where I think that Volkanovski would fight a little bit smarter than than Jan would. Uh,
0: to me, it's... And correct me if I'm wrong. I've only seen Cejudo fight Marlon Moraes, who has no gas tank, and Dominic Cruz, who has more injuries than a World War II veteran at 135. <laughs> and to me, Piotr Jan is, I think he could beat Jan, but I think Jan can also beat him versus, again, it, it's just, I just don't want to see him come back and fight Volkanovski and then retire after defending him one time. Like, yeah. don't do a GSP thing. And GSP had more of a excuse than Cejudo did. I mean, yeah. he was 38 and had colitis. Yeah, go retire, dude.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I am i do not want to see him back at all. Like, if, if I, if there's a choice where he doesn't come back at all, doesn't find anybody, I'm okay with that. Because so he fucked that division. He fucked up, you know, Mighty Mouse's career. Not he's great. Mighty Mouse is fine. He's, that guy doesn't give a shit. But like, we, we got robbed with more Mighty Mouse fights um, in the UFC. So, and which then brings, just a like leave, yeah. you know,
0: which brings me to my next question.
1: Is Demetrius Johnson still the best non-UFC fighter in the world? When he fights at his weight class, yes. 100%. Yeah. Fighting at his weight class, no one. I don't think anyone legitimately beats him at at his weight class. Um, Because I think he is like, I mean, even he deserves like in the pound profound ranking, even like against the UFC fighters, um, I would say even still he was that dominant and he's that good i so i still don't think that uh henry c hodo won that fight um yeah i i would i think that's fair i agree with
0: give me an nfl comp because i know you're an nfl fan Mm -hmm. give me the comp of trading demetrius johnson for ben ashman in the nfl is that like Patrick Mahomes for like a kicker or yeah, what is that? It,
1: it, would, it would be like trading your fucking star quarterback for a kicker. That's basically what that's like. Um, and then to have your kicker win the NFC championship game on like a, you know, remarkable <laughs> field goal and then for them to fucking chip a 20 yard field goal to win the game for you in the next game. That's like what that trades like.
0: Yeah. God, that turned out so bad.
1: <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Fuck dude.
0: Um, who should Conor McGregor fight in 2022
1: he needs to stop fighting old men that's a hundred percent true um guys stop stop punching old people what's wrong with you man like stop it I would love to see him fight someone at 170 like any of the one like any of the top 170s or I,
0: yeah
1: i I think he beats I think he beats Jorge though
0: Great. Just make a fuck ton of money. Like to me, it's just like if you use to me, that's an easy fight to make. I don't that's the no brainer for next year.
1: Yeah, I I think that's like like the money fight to make, but I think a fight that I think would be entertaining wouldn't be Jorge. Really? Honestly. As much as I don't like Colby, I think Colby puts up a much better, you know, entertaining fight than than Jorge does. Because Jorge is just going to be the whole Flash. Thing. Who was Jorge beat? That's like worth anything over his last fights.
0: No, Jorge is for sure overrated. I just think yeah, Stein, I, was, I don't Stein, want
1: I don't want to see Connor fight an overrated fighter and beat the shit out of him, and then we have to come back to this whole well, McGregor's back. Here he comes to fuck up 155 again, and it, it's just a whole other thing. You know, I don't.
0: I just think. Outside of pay per view, buys Jorge and Connor stylistically makes sense, and I think it's a dangerous fight. Whereas if he fights Colby, who's not a big one seventy, er I kind of just see Colby, you know, putting him up against the fence and making it. I think Colby Covington is a boring fighter, and I think the only reason why Colby produced an interesting fight with Kamara is is because Colby can't fight Kamari the way he wants to fight him, which is to put you up against the fence and just throw these pitter-patter shots at you and do nothing, you know? I'm not a Colby
1: fan. I mean, I'm not a Colby fan either. I hate yeah. his his manga fucking persona bullshit. He's one of the people I'm talking about um, there. Yeah, I guess Jorge is probably the fight to make, but I don't know. I'm kind of over McGregor, aren't you? You're not over it?
0: I'm I, I am and I'm not. <laughs> I think if you stop giving him the Dustin Poirier, stop giving him a late 155ers, give him a Jorge Masvidal, give him a Nate Diaz, give him. Stop just,
1: giving him. Stop giving him fights that he could lose, uh, or stop giving him fights that he could. <laughs> come yeah. on, no, fuck yes. that. Yes, yes, yeah, no. He's he's the 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 spirit of the Irish and shit, right? He's supposed to be a. He's gonna come and fuck your wife and all kinds of shit, right? Now, give him the heaviest hitters you he can.
0: But but let me be clear, I think Corey Masvidal could beat McGregor, which is, I I legitimately would love to see that fight. But I'm I'm done with McGregor getting placed with the top 155 ers Um yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, 100%. I all agree. Right. Uh
0: next question. Weight classes at every 10 pounds? Yes or no?
1: Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. The the jump between 170, 185 is stupid. The jump between 205 and two and heavyweight is is stupid. Um does not make any sense? Like why yeah. why the jumps are dumb?
0: Yeah. Or at least one more, like a cruiserweight. A cruiser weight yeah, would be. If nice. you
1: add in, yeah, I think adding in like a 165 um, like a 165 or like just moving things up like just like a little bit kind of like how they did wrestling like our senior year in texas i went from um 189 to like 184 which is like a much easier gap between um things and it just takes a couple pounds and you just stop people from looking like a home girl who almost passed out you know uh weighing in a few weeks ago so
0: yeah that's lad. um okay You're I know this one, uh, all-time favorite
1: fighter. All-time favorite fighter, Daniel Daniel John Jones, Daniel, aka my second dad, Cormier. I love I love DC man. He's such a such great fighter, such a good person. And I don't know why he gets so much hate. If you're a DC hater, you can come find me. I'll send you my address. We can talk about it. Uh, but you know, don't don't boo DC, man. There's literally no reason to boo that man. He's the Clyde Drexler
0: of, of of the UFC, yeah, he just happened to fight when Michael Jordan was fighting. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that thing. Actually, you. no, that's not. And it. he fought He's, him when he
1: was older. Okay, he yeah. fought him when he was older. I, I I'm a firm believer. I swear to God, I swear, I swear, he would have beat him. He would have beat him the night he popped, for like the cocaine and shit. Yeah. He would have beat him that night because he looked so good, man. Like he looked thin. He looked. Uh, shredded he looked great and I think he would have beat him that night if they fought that night I think that that second fight goes much differently if they fight then
0: I actually I take back the Clyde Drexler comp he's better than Clyde Drexler I mean he is so 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 great yeah he just happened to fight when John Jones was fighting um who's the greatest fighter oh no what's the greatest fight of all time that you've seen
1: Damn, that's tough, dude. 2020 had the fucking bangers in 2020.
0: Yeah.
1: What's yours? Well, look, I've only been watching the USC for
0: like seven years, but it, and I showed Natalie this fight last night. I, I think Whitaker Romero's up there. I oh, think God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Hooker Poirier, which happened last year, was underrated. Yeah, Poirier
1: was good. Rose um,
0: uh, not Rose. Wade McDonald and, and, and oh, McDonald
1: Lawler. Oh, that one was uh, uh,
0: that one's that was, too that one's too gross for me.
1: That's personally. such a good fight. That's uh, that that is like if you want to push fighters, you have them fight and you have people who do stuff like that. Like that
0: Oof.
1: that was a monstrous fight. Monstrous that a, fight.
0: That was a nasty one. That one was so brutal. It was like, I don't know if I like this much violence. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, that was wild, yeah. dude. That's Those dudes are crazy. Yeah. All right. Who's the greatest of all time, in your opinion? Fedor. Really? Yeah. Explain yourself. He's (laughs) – I know he's been calling us, but it's basically – DC is basically Black Fedor, right? Like He's this smaller dude, not imposing at all. You would not expect this dude to be as dominant as he was, and he just was. Like, you have, like, the – when like once UFC starts getting bigger and like MMA starts getting bigger, you have like the GSPs and like the these shredded dudes who you can tell work out. You probably wouldn't see a back alley. If you saw Fader, you wouldn't think twice, but the dude will literally kick your head off. You know, like some of these dudes, like some of these. well, I guess uh Gone is doing it a little bit more now, like where they throw where they're throwing legs and stuff. But Fader was doing this, you know, 20 years ago. And is still knocking dudes out. You know, granted, guys past their prime, but he's still in his forties, knocking people out. Um, it never really challenged really all that much. Um, but if, you, if it's fighters who like fought in the UFC, I think Demetrius Johnson, I think, is still uh, resume pound for pound the greatest fighter like in that that promotion. I think um, mainly because. You can say John Jones, blah, blah blah blah, but he popped for steroids and popped for steroids multiple times. I don't think he beat um, you know, because I don't think he won a lot a couple of his other fights, but you never you never thought Demetrius Johnson lost um a fight, I don't think. And I think that speaks a lot for his dominance in that division and how well he did it. He could he could box you, he could flying arm bar you, he could do whatever. He could get out of like deep 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 guillotines uh uh, the one against what was it tim elliott where he had him like in the first and then he just kind of pushed himself off for that time he got kicked in the dick and like told her to fuck off and i kept fighting (laughs) like he's a fucking baller and this dude is i've met him in real life that dude's tiny dude's smaller than you are um and it's crazy um how dominant he was and it's a shame that we don't get to see him anymore but in the ufc fighters I, i don't think anyone does it better than him because everyone else had everyone everyone else had like that down that down climb, you know, Anderson Silva down climb. You know, we never got to see GSP fight the new rung of one seventies. Um, uh, oh fuck, Khabib! Oh, that fucking Khabib! Is anyone better than Khabib? I don't think so. Well, this leads me to well
0: be, before I, I get to my second question or my last question. If anybody really wants to understand how small Demetrius Johnson is, go watch his fight versus Dominic Cruz. It looks, it's not fair. Like the height disparity when you're that short is like almost like, oh, this fight should not happen. But my last question, your Mount Rushmore.
1: Mount Rushmore, I think to kind of encapsulate most of the divisions would probably have to be Fedor for your bigger guys middle of the pack probably Khabib in like that kind of 150 to kind of like 170ish kind of range because mm-hmm. the dude just never was challenged literally ever uh Demetrius for the for the smaller guys and I don't give a shit if she won the fights but Valentina for for the women because she's ridiculous like ridiculous right. ridiculous ridiculous i don't think she won the, the second fight with uh with homegirls so i think i think those are i think that covers a broad spectrum of of the fighters
0: well good news because you put valentina in there you can come back <laughs>
1: on this podcast i love her dude i love her yeah. and she picked up like another language right she speaks like six languages now She's, she should be
0: in a james bond film
1: she should yeah she should I, I just I just I'm just not as cool as she is. It just kind of makes me sad. It, it really does. Fucking nobody is, dude.
0: <laughs> well, Adrian, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's, It's been a blast talking to you uh, about the UFC. And hopefully we can do it again. I'll have Natalie next to me and uh, for a recap or a preview or something or just shooting the shit. It's been fun.
1: Yeah, man. It's been really great. Thanks for um, having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm glad you're you're back and doing doing the podcast again because uh, I really do think that you cover MMA better than a lot of these <laughs> these journalists do because I see on your guys's Instagram feed news before it even hits Reddit sometimes. So I think you guys are doing a great job over here, and I'm happy to to come out and talk to you a little bit.
0: Appreciate it, man.
1: Have a good one. You too, buddy. Thank you.
0: All right, so there you have it that was my discussion with Adrian on fighter pay amongst other things. Once again, thanks for Adrian for coming on. Hopefully, we can have him as a recurring guest, especially when Natalie is here. Uh but before we go, I just want to plug a few things. So Adrian uh does some writing and some podcasting for us for a site called But Why though? You can find Adrian and his writing and some podcasting on but Why Though podcast.com They are the premier geek community for all content that pertains to that. Their words, not mine. Uh, and then lastly, before you go, I mentioned it uh, one or two podcasts ago. I started a blog. You can find it at medium.com backslash lovers dash not dash fighters. So again, medium.com backslash lovers-not-fighters. And I try to write something at least once a week, maybe two times a week. So that in combination with the podcast, we're starting to diversify our content as well as our Instagram feed. So again, thanks to Adrian. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time.